0: This is the Gutsy Health Podcast with Jeanique and Tristan Roney. Hey, you guys, welcome back to the Gutsy Health Podcast. I do not have my co-host with me, Gina Warfel. She is on a plane right now, and so we miss her very much. But I have a really incredible guest, and not because she's amazing and brilliant, but we go back. 10, 11 years. Like, so it was really weird when her agent contacted us and said, will you have Dr. Ann Barter on the podcast? I was like, are you kidding me? Yes. Like a hundred thousand times. Yes. You guys, I want to introduce to you, Dr. Ann Barter. She is brilliant. I'm going to have her introduce herself because all of her training, all of her credentials, all of her brilliance, I can't contain it in my brain. So we're going to hear it from the mega brain right here. So Dr. Anne, Welcome. <laughs>
1: Thank you so much for having me here.
0: I am just super psyched to be
1: here with you. I mean, it just makes me smile. I can't wipe the smile on my face right now. So, And I'm blushing from that intro. (laughs) So, yeah, so I've been in practice for about 11 years, and I love... Functional medicine and practicing with that. So anyway, that is just my background. We have two practices here in um, Colorado. So I am just super psyched to be here and tell you guys about neurotransmitters.
0: Yes, we're talking about neurotransmitters. And is it neurotransmitters and mold exposure? Are we just going to talk about neurotransmitters today?
1: It, It relates back. So it's one of the things that depletes it, but Mm -hmm. I think let's like dive into neurotransmitters and we'll spin off a little bit on some mold.
0: And so I kind of want to just let everyone know, like you see clients in Colorado, you do blood work, you do, do you still do chiropractic or is it more of like the counseling blood work part of everything?
1: I I do some chiropractic. Um, mm-hmm. I've been doing chiropractic for a really long time, so mm-hmm. I still see a lot of folks for that. But primarily um, in the last, uh, I don't know, four years, it's really transitioned functionally. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I really do specialized lab testing, um, specialized gut testing, specialized hormone testing. Yes blood tests, et cetera, to really be a health detective, to get to the root of the problem of what's contributing to things like fatigue or Mm -hmm. bloating or depression or anxiety, thyroid issues, whatever it might be.
0: And I just want listeners to know that when I actually get followers reach out to me asking if I know of any functional doctors in Colorado, I always refer them to Dr. Ann Botter because she is literally the best of the best. And I actually think a few of my followers have followed back and they're like, oh, I see her now and she's amazing. And I'm like, I know she's freaking brilliant. You guys, she's so smart. You were like ahead of the times 10 years ago when we met, like everything people are talking about. Now you spoke about a decade ago, like you blew me away with how much you knew how you did it, how you went about like helping people with their problems, because people would go to you when everyone else failed them and you would help them figure out their issues. That's why I want, before we dive into all of this stuff, Dr. Ann is just brilliant and she's a heavy researcher and she goes above and beyond in her skill set and her knowledge because she really cares about her clients, her patients. And I remember that from when I worked with you like over 10 years ago. So, all right. So, um, Dr. Anne, please tell us what are for listeners who are new to this, because I'm always talking about gut, but I don't talk a lot about neurotransmitters. What are neurotransmitters and why are they important? And what should we know about them?
1: Yeah, that's an awesome question. So today what I want to really drive into is dopamine and serotonin. Mm -hmm. And um, I want to start um, with just a basic definition of what neurotransmitters are. And I don't want people to glaze over, so I'm Mm going to make it very brief. But they are basically neurochemicals in your body that control every aspect of it, your digestion, your muscles, your mood. And so they are very, very related to Anxiety, depression, sleep, you know, peristalsis of your gut or how food moves through your gut. And so they are just involved in every single function of the body. Um, they will regulate your adrenal glands. its They are so, so important. So they're up the kinetic chain. So they are actually hormones as well. And so they are so, so powerful. And so that's what neurotransmitters are. And... Believe it or not, most people are actually deficient in neurotransmitters Mm -hmm. across the board. When we run the testing, we generally see that folks that are especially burned out and really tired and exhausted, have anxiety, depression, just have low motivation or can't sleep well. Um, they don't know why they don't feel as good as they did maybe ten years ago, mm-hmm. or something in their health potentially changed. Guess what? Neurotransmitters can be to can be behind that, and they can contribute to hormone dysregulation. Mm-hmm. Right, so they are just so so critical, and they're just above what we generally think of when we're looking mm-hmm. at. Um, we're just looking at the body. Just don't focus enough on them.
0: I always say when it comes to bodily issues, we always have to look upstream. So if we have hormone issues, we have to look upstream to the adrenals and we have to look upstream to the liver and we have to look upstream to the gut. But what we fail to push past is sometimes we have to go way upstream to the brain, right? Because I always think of the neurotransmitters as the hormones of the brain and the brain is the control center, right? So if we're not getting proper signaling and the brain, then we're not getting proper signaling in the body. So it's really important that once we've covered a lot of bases, this is some. Do you go to neurotransmitters first when people come to you with health issues, or is it something that you wait until you've tested everything else?
1: So I think two things are really important to address before you address neurotransmitters: the gut. Yes, really important. Yes, the reason why is neurotransmitters are made in the brain. Mm-hmm but they're stored in the gut. So if you have all this gut dysregulation, then guess what? You have to fix that first. And environmental chemicals will deplete neurotransmitters. A big one for that is mold. And so mold completely depletes neurochemicals. So if you're living in a moldy house and I'm just like, oh, let's just pump in dopamine. I right. mean, it's just like a bandaid on a bullet hole. Yes. There's no reason to do that. And the same thing is true with the gut. So it really goes back to that. And you want to know what's really cool mm-hmm. is if I fix the gut well, and if I fix the chemical exposure well, mm-hmm. I don't ever don't have, to fix it. have to treat the neurotransmitters. Yeah. Because then you actually have the good bacteria in your gut, and you're able to utilize all those good foods that you're eating that are either tyrosine-rich or tryptophan-rich, depending on which neurotransmitter you're trying to push. Now, sometimes I go through and I do it, and I will mess with the pathways. But one of the biggest things is that if you're absorbing your nutrients from the gut, so going back to the gut for a second, if you're absorbing all your B vitamins and your magnesium in your copper, in your iron, then guess what? You're going to naturally run the pathway to be able to make you know, neurotransmitters yes. and your neurochemicals. So, I mean, I think that that's important. And then on the other side of things, we have to address the adrenal gland. Yes. The adrenal gland is also really important because it shares a pathway with dopamine. These are the folks that are drivers. Mm-hmm. They just... They work really hard. They feel a lot of anxiety. They feel a lot of pressure. They are just very social people. You want to be around them. They're mm-hmm. amazing. But a lot of times they can't flip the script between
0: dopamine and their catecholamines on the adrenal glands. Can you so expand into really, that a little bit more? Because those are a totally. lot of buzzwords that people, it's probably going I'm to go sorry, over. Yeah. No, no, no. Like break Good that question. down a little bit more. <laughs>
1: totally. So when we're looking at dopamine, You have and and basically your fight or flight, Mm -hmm. okay, which are catecholamines, which are part of the adrenal gland. Mm -hmm. Okay. This helps us run from a bear. You're being chased by a bear. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you really need those. But you need to be able to transition between being motivated and focused Mm -hmm. and feeling worthwhile and hopeful to being able to run from that bear. Yes. Okay. Because and so that pathway or dopamine is the same mm. as your catecholamines pathways at fight or flight. You have to be able to transition between the two seamlessly. Yeah. And unfortunately, what happens to our drivers or the people that constantly have a, adrenal fatigue or don't feel good about themselves and they don't feel worthwhile is they can't flip the script between that pathway. Mm-hmm. And so they start to get exhausted. Let me go into some symptoms, if you're okay with this. I would a love dopamine it. Dopamine deficiency. Keep going. First. And dopamine, so go that's,
0: into- that's our happy hormone, right? That's the one that relaxes us, makes us feel good, helps us connect. That's, this is a really good, gooey like, neurotransmitter, guys. It's super important. And it's almost like the antithesis of like, what the adrenals are supposed to do, which is help us run from a bear. So you know, the body's always going to prioritize fight or flight. Like, let's keep you alive over let's keep you happy. Right? Because right. in the body's like primitive brain, you can't be happy if you're dead. So rather just keep running and keep alive. Right? And so, so keep going. So it's more
1: motivation. So oh. so we really focus on dopamine uh, motivation. So the, mm-hmm. the sheet I'm going to read you um, came from Dati Skarazi, and I want to give credit where credit is due. So he made this amazing list of dopamine deficiency symptoms. Mm-hmm. And generally, folks say, well, I only have five of the 10
0: mm-hmm. you have dopamine. That's a lot. Deficiency.
1: That's a lot. I have two of the 10. <laughs> Couldn't you be happier? So dopamine is our hedonistic chemical. It's our neurotransmitter. It's why people partake in some risky activity to mm. feel this. I, I I never could understand why people are like, I'm going to go around a hundred miles. <laughs> that sounds horrible, <laughs> right? Wow. I was so, so impressed, <laughs> but wow. They're trying to get a dopamine dump, and um, I'm going to also go into the way that the legal way that most people get dopamine dump. Because we're thinking about drugs. Drugs are a way, you know, especially you know the cocaine's of the world Mm -hmm. that people get a dopamine dump. Mm -hmm. But sugar is the legal way you get a dopamine dump. So I'm going to dig into that in just a second. But let me just talk about the symptoms of this: feelings of hopelessness, self-destructive thoughts. Inability to handle stress. Anger and aggression while under stress. You don't feel rested after long hours of sleep. You prefer to isolate yourself from others. Unexplained lack of concern for family and friends. You're distracted from your tasks. Inability to finish tasks. You need to c- consume caffeine to stay alert. You feel like your libido has decreased. Lose your temper for minor reasons and feelings of
0: worthlessness. So let me... can this I is uh, Eeyore. Yes. ER Yes. So let me ask you, can I ask you something? Because a lot of moms listen to this podcast. This could describe a new mom to a T. It's almost like postpartum depression symptoms. Is there a core and, and why does this happen to women so much right after babies? I, I know I'm kind of diverting a little bit, but, but what is happening in our bodies when we have these babies and then it seems like we are dopamine deficient all of a sudden?
1: couple things. Um, probably a lot, uh, probably a numerous amount of things are going on. Number one, it goes back to that adrenal gland mm. component. You have a brand new level of complete stress. You're yeah. up in the middle of the night. You can't sleep, mm-hmm. right? Your, your life is revolving around a baby. And yeah. so naturally, if you don't sleep, your dopamine levels naturally decline. Mm -hmm. You're constantly worried, uh, you know, especially as a brand new mom, you're constantly worried. I mean, like, I just feel so bad for moms. And they feel like, and I feel like there was, this was like said best in Lean In, in the book Lean In. Mm -hmm. She said, if I prepare my kids every single day perfectly for every single event, And I miss dressing them up for green and St. Patty's Mm -hmm. day. But my husband packs them lunch one day. He's a great dad, but I'm a bad mom. Mm
0: -hmm. And so
1: it's the constant stress, the constant pressure on moms is pretty, intense it's and really so intense. we're going back to that adrenal pathway mm-hmm. and then again if there's chemical exposure as well as you know a lot of new moms one other correlation I've seen they almost feel like they don't have time to eat yeah. so are they getting the right nutrients right. that they need um, do they have that time to rest and digest i mean it's it's a lot it i think a lot. with the change in the lifestyle mm-hmm. and then you also can't do things for yourself anymore right. like meditation increases dopamine 65%. That's amazing. In the sun increases dopamine. But if you're constantly, you feel like you can't leave the house mm-hmm. or you're on your baby's schedule, then there's that as well. So I think it comes down to nutrient deficiency, brand new stress, not being able to take time for yourself. Mm-hmm. And you are probably on the line already so the adrenals push you over the edge yes
0: that makes perfect sense because you know after just growing a human being for nine months and then you know that takes our own resources and so there's a chemical like a physical stressor on the body and then now there's this emotional you know stress around the body too and so that makes perfect sense the adrenal pathway the dopamine pathway it's like you can only turn on the cold tap or the hot tap And the hot tap is on all the time, you know, and and that's the adrenal one. So we've learned about the symptoms of a dopamine deficiency. What are we to do about this? Like, we need to fix our gut. We need to make sure that our gut is healing. We need to make sure we are managing our stress. But what else can we be doing about this?
1: Yeah, I think um, making sure you have the right nutrients in there again, B vitamins, uh, magnesium, you know, iron, etc. Making sure that you have the right things to run that pathway, yes. and that kind of goes back to the gut. Let your let your medicine be your food, yes. and also getting rid of like those those bacteria. So the you know one thing that I I like to talk about, for example, is if you have a, a stomach infection, like an H. pylori infection. Mm-hmm. H. pylori loves your nutrients. It allows it to thrive and to replicate. And so if you're like, wow, I'm iron deficient or I keep being iron deficient and there's no reason for that. And I keep taking iron pills. I want to investigate what's going on in your gut because these bacteria eat that and Mm -hmm. thrive and replicate. And then they're just nasty to get rid of. And then you continue to be more iron deficient. So that's, a side note, just a pro tip that I want to make sure that people take away with, like, mm-hmm. why am I having this or this pathway never seems to come back online and I don't know why. You know, I, I think some of the other things that we really do to increase dopamine, and I want to just dive into sugar for mm-hmm. a second. And now I'm going to tell you natural things you can do to boost this, but yes. I want to dive into sugar and why sugar addiction is so rampant. Mm-hmm. So in order to boost this up naturally, what we do is we will eat sugar. Mm-hmm. And I quote an old school Guns and Roses song saying, I used to do a little, but a little wouldn't do it. So the little got more and more. Mm-hmm. And that basically means that, wow, I used to have a bite of a cookie and I felt great. Yep. And then that turned into a full cookie. And then I just ate the whole bag. Yeah. <laughs> to get the <this> same feeling. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're just, you're a twink. You're blowing away from you and you're passed out. Because right?
0: you just want the dopamine party to keep going, right? It's totally. like, let's just keep going. <laughs> because I bet like there's, there's a drop, right? Like you get the sugar high and then you get the sugar drop and then you're all low and down. And so we just keep going back for our second hit and our third hit and our fourth hit. It's very soothing. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So keep going.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And so what this does is when you eat sugar, it increases your dopamine exponentially over controls. And so one of the studies that was done was done on these poor rats. And these rats get just overstudied. (laughs) Anyway, they looked at two control groups, groups of rats. One, they made both control groups of rats had to fast for 12 hours. Mm -hmm. The one, they gave them traditional rat chow don't know what that is. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The other group, they gave traditional rat chow and a sugar solution. Mm -hmm. So the rats naturally gravitated in the sugar solution group to that sugar solution before they would eat rat chow, Mm -hmm. okay, after they had been fasting. And each day that increased how much they would drink of the sugar solution. And when they measured their dopamine levels they were 130% above normal, and okay. the amount that they drank went from 30 milliliters to 115 milliliters over the course of a month.
0: Oh, my gosh. Just... That's why we do that, and guess who knows that? Guess who knows that? All the food industries. Manufacturers. They all know it. It, it, This is a legal drug that they can put in their foods all the time. And so, what is it in? It's in everything mustard, ketchup, cereal, hot dogs, you know, bread. It's in absolutely everything. Find me a packaged item that doesn't have sugar in it, it's really rare it doesn't happen right? and no totally. they and they actually pay millions of dollars to do research to see okay how do we entice people more because they know that this is a drug it's the perfect marketing plan let's sell people drugs that they will keep buying because they're dependent on it and that's that's kind of a hard thing for us to swallow because we think well we're being protected by the FDA and we're being protected by the government they wouldn't let this happen to us but no they are they are letting this happen to us they're letting it happen I mean Go to infant formula. First ingredient is high fructose corn syrup. Why do babies need high fructose corn syrup? Like newborn babies, right? We are setting their brains up for addiction from the day they are born. And it is disgusting.
1: So So the thing is, is that they know that in 1998, 1998, and let's just assume how much more this is now. Nestle did a study, 11,000 New foods mm-hmm. hit the shelves in grocery stores in 1998. Mm-hmm. How many variations of bananas do you have? It is not 11,000. No. And guess what? You get a good feeling mm-hmm. with that dopamine dump. You're like, mm-hmm. man, I like that ketchup. Man, I like mm-hmm. that mustard. And guess what? It makes you buy it again and again and again because Mm -hmm. you had an increase in a dopamine dump. Anytime your glucose or you get sugar, Mm -hmm. it will increase your dopamine a certain amount. And if you are a pregnant mom, Mm -hmm. doing that leads to baby addiction on Mm -hmm. sugar.
0: Mm -hmm. I believe that. 100,000%. And that's really scary because here's the thing is now we're becoming dependent on sugar for these dopamine dumps, but the sugar is wreaking havoc in our gut. So now we can't rely on our gut and our own natural ability to produce things like dopamine and serotonin anymore. So we become dependent on these external sources while our internal sources start diminishing. It's this vicious cycle. And quite frankly, I... I hesitate to use this word, but it's kind of evil. It's really evil that I know they know this and they're not doing anything about it. And that's yep. a sad thing. Can I can I kind of circle back to the nutrient parts of dopamine because you said we need sure. copper, iron, magnesium. Magnesium is one of those vitamins that everyone should be taking every single day, right? Because we're all like, I, isn't it like eighty percent of us are magnesium deficient? And it's really yeah, interesting it's because something like that, it's mm-hmm. really high. And there are tons of women in on the online community that are like, as soon I had postpartum depression, I supplemented with magnesium, and now I'm feeling better. So it's really interesting to see that that's, that is why, because of this dopamine conversion pathway thing. Another thing too, so if you are listening, you guys, magnesium is really crucial. Supplement with it. My favorite is Amino Mag. another favorite one of mine. I, I like people to stay away from the citrates if possible, but another one of my favorites is from Nutrigold. Nutrigold's magnesium is really fantastic, but I want to talk about the copper aspect because we used to get a lot of copper in our soils and our soils are so depleted and farmers never test for adequate amounts of copper. So we are globally copper deficient because of these poor finding practices that are, being allowed to happen so we need to be super mindful about our food-based coppers like not because that's it's more bioavailable than from a pill form and so uh, I don't know clams oysters what are other really do you know off the top of your head high copper foods I know clams and oysters and and most people are like well I don't eat that and it's like well let's start eating it (laughs) you know so Mm
1: -mm. I have not found as much copper deficiency really honest so i Mm -mm. And I actually struggle. I see more the other way. I see Wilson's disease,
0: which is like
1: the uh, inability to get rid of it.
0: So do you feel like that is bioavailable or like, do you think that we're just kind of swimming in copper and we're not utilizing it? Or do you think it's not a utilization that's just issue? A, that's
1: just a nutrient deficiency. Mm-hmm. I I think from what I see, a lot of women have copper IUDs. Mm. They have excess copper oh. and copper IUDs. Yeah. Um, and so I actually see it the other way. That, so I I steer away from copper giving additional unless yeah. I see that they need it on a test. Okay, so I'm really careful about copper. Yeah. Same thing with iron. I don't ever additionally supplement no. with either of those. Um because you're just going to send, you know, any of the metals mm-hmm. are good in a balance. Yes. But you never want to over treat with that because you're going to create a Im- lot of inflammation.
0: inflammation. Like lead. Yes. Well, if you, if yeah. you're swimming in iron, then it gets stored in the tissues and it creates a lot of inflammation. And so we want to make sure that the body's actually able to utilize it. So getting it from like yeah. more food. Yes, exactly. Getting it more from food, you guys, and not supplementing with it is really crucial. So how does serotonin fit in this mix with the dopamine story? Totally.
1: Um, so I just want to, I want to just add one more thing before yes. we move on. Um, with dopamine, um, if you, as, as you eat sugar, even though you get a spike on it, it mm-hmm. decreases lower and lower each time. So mm-hmm. you're actually depleting your dopamine source.
0: Oh, no. that.
1: So I just want to make sure that that point was clear. Um, so serotonin is our happy neurotransmitter. Mm-hmm. he, just makes us feel good. He makes us feel connected. He makes us feel joyful. And um, he runs hormone pathways. Like, um, you know, someone has PMS or PMDD, they're generally serotonin deficient. Mm -hmm. Um, And so a couple of the symptoms of serotonin deficiency is kind of more, I want to just like depression like classic depression that we think of mm-hmm. um you've lost your your pleasure in hobbies and interests overwhelmed with ideas to manage feelings of paranoia feeling sadder down for no reason i generally see women that'll come in and they'll say i have everything that i've ever wanted in my life mm-hmm. and i'm miserable and I have no reason to be miserable and then I feel guilty Mm -hmm. about being miserable that is serotonin deficiency I feel like you're not enjoying life you feel depressed in overcast weather. You're losing your enjoyment for your favorite activities, your favorite foods. Um, you're losing your enjoyment for your friendships and relationships. You're more susceptible to pain, difficulty falling into a deep, restful sleep, and you're losing your interest in life. Mm. That's serotonin deficiency. And some of them get a little extreme.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: <laughs> but, but it's ultimately... This just makes us happy, and a a way that I would define this is: you look at a child, and they're like bowling,
0: and you're like, "I'm so tired,
1: we have to go to (laughs) bowling alley," and they're so joyful about these things.
0: And kids must be swimming in serotonin, like all (laughs) day, every day. They're like on a constant life high all the time, like so much so they're bouncing off walls. It's kind of amazing.
1: so important for us to feel that way too. We need to feel that joyful.
0: Right. So what, why are we not, what is happening that we are not producing enough of this neurotransmitter?
1: You know, I think it goes back to similar things as to dopamine. Um, you know, again, it's looking at gut health. Mold also depletes serotonin. There was a really um, there's a really crazy study on mold and they basically looked at, you know, a bunch of kids getting food poisoning.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and it looks like there was a bacteria in all these in all these different cafeterias around. Mm-hmm in different states. I think it was primarily, um, the Southeast and they tried to figure out what it was and they, they buried it. They got it down to this tortilla for this breakfast burrito because all the fillings were from different vendors. And they found out that there was a lot of mold on this tortilla and it created a food like, um, response. So we know, um, but it looks like, Oh, they just have food poisoning. So ultimately, um, mold. This specific foodborne mold will go after serotonin, mm-hmm. as well as you know the gut not working um, is another one. Uh, a lot of people just, I think, stress is another contributing factor mm-hmm. to this. I mean, yeah. we're running through our stores, nutrient deficiencies, specifically B vitamins and magnesium mm-hmm. uh, for serotonin. And one thing I think is another really important factor that we overlook. Exercise is really important, making sure you have enough yes. calcium, because calcium carries these um, these neurotransmitters the mm-hmm. transporters to the brain. Right. Um, but one thing that really helps, it's like something you can just do, get sunlight mm-hmm. without sunglasses. Go outside. The sunlight will hit your eyes. This is associated with a seasonal affective disorder. Mm-hmm. So get that sunlight. It, you have serotonin receptors in your eyes and it's stored in your gut yeah another random thing that really helps blow serotonin up um, is there was a group that was religious fasting um, and they did a 30-day fast wow Um, wow yeah right (laughs) feeling feeling lean already (laughs) Um, and they basically looked at their serotonin levels at day 14 and day 29 mm-hmm. and on day 29 they were exponentially higher than they were on day 14 amazing why is that <laughs> Just your body gets a break and so you'll see Amazing. some of the hormones increase mm-hmm. dopamine's the opposite mm-hmm. dopamine when they show you that there's gonna be food mm-hmm. like fasting they decrease a little bit but then they show you there's gonna be food dopamine spikes
0: yeah so <laughs> so we just have to look just, at food all day <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: I, I think it's just about really decreasing that inflammation yes. decreasing those gut issues allowing your gut to really move mm-hmm. and clear out and right. just giving your body a break to get rid of all of that oxidative stress yes. so that it can run.
0: Well, and what's really sad is because as you were saying they were fasting, I was thinking in my head I'm like, yeah, it's because they're not eating inflammatory foods anymore. It's really sad that the majority of the food sold to us causes inflammation. And we don't recognize this like and it and we're being fed this from so young. You know, so how are we supposed to create these proper chemical neurotransmitters if our body is too busy using its resources to put out fires all the time. It's just not going to happen. So that makes a lot of sense. Can we circle back to the mold part? Because, sure. you know, yes, we, we hear mold exposure, but what are some other signs and symptoms or things that we should be looking for if we think we have a mold problem?
1: Mm-hmm. I think one of the first, one of the biggest myths I hear is just to start off with is that I don't see it in my house. Mm -hmm. So it's not Not there. there. Mm -hmm. I don't visibly see mold. Be careful with that thinking. Mold is tricky. It's in, it's in your drywall. Drywall Mm -hmm. is a tree, right? So it's growing up trees. So if you've had any flooding or water damage, you should be really suspicious. Mold is a great imitator. It looks like every other disease process. So, if you have joint pain that moves around,
0: mm-hmm. you
1: should make sure that, like, hey, did I have mold exposure? Um, it's gonna show. It's gonna create anxiety and depression. Mm-hmm. It creates non. It's basically thyroiditis mm-hmm. um, that you're exposed to, but it's not that it's it's associated with thyroid. It's the mold actually causing an illness mm-hmm. in your thyroid gland. It creates. Mm-hmm brain fog. I believe that mold is kind of on the upper echelon of things that are going on in your body, you have to address it. Like I hear folks on anti-candida diets and they, they're like, I've been on my anti-candida diet for seven years, mm-hmm. <laughs> seven years. And I'm like, that's great. Long Do you time. feel any better? No. <laughs> so it's Probably not candida. <laughs> yeah. We have to look at what might be feeding that yeah. because a kissing cousin for candida Mm -hmm. is mold. Mm -hmm. And so mold is much more on the hierarchy than an opportunistic infection like candida. Mm -hmm. And so mold causes every gut complaint. I've also seen gallbladders get Mm -hmm. removed, liver function that's impaired, severe hormone imbalances, hysterectomies. I mean, it's everything. So if you're basically a mystery case, Mm -hmm. you know, like, what is this? And nothing's fixing it. One of the Mm -hmm. factors to look at, and you're like, well, I've run a stool panel. It looks good. I've run this. It looks good. You know, not Mm self-treating, right? But I think you really should start to maybe ask those questions about mold.
0: So... Do you work with a lot of people that deal with mold exposure and how do you, like, do you, are there specific tests that people should be looking for? Because it is, it's kind of a a tricky one. And if you go to any old doctor and say, I think I have mold issues, like they'd probably be like, what are you talking about? So like what what's the testing how do people go about this other than calling your office and consulting with you which they should do if they have mold issues and they suspect it but like what should people be looking for as far as tests go and questions to ask so
1: so what I do um and what I think is the best situation is finding somebody that's been recommended it's a mold pro that can go check your house.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay.
1: So I think that that's important. And somebody that's honest, um, you know, I recommend people in this area that I've seen and what I like to see in that situation is that everybody doesn't have mold. Like everybody's house doesn't have mold. Like. Mm The folks that I used, you know, it seems like there's mold about fifty percent of the time, which wow. makes sense because a lot of the houses that had mold um, were affected by the great flood that we had mm-hmm. here. So I you, know and then their problems kind of started a couple years after that, wow. um, where the the toxin level built up. In my office, I actually use Great Plains Lab test. Mm-hmm. It's a urine test, and it's it secretes out mycotoxins. Um, oh, and so. Yeah. So that's what I use in my office. Um, And so that kind of tells me how long the treatment needs to be, what forms of mold they've been exposed to, because some of the molds really affect the neurological system, Mm -hmm. right? There's a school here where a number of my patients started getting leukemias. Oh. Um, they started getting, uh, neurological problems. It was just all these unexplained things on all these young kids. Wow. I mean, and so if someone's telling like, and my favorite part was this girl that literally had a neurological problem. Like she couldn't walk mm-hmm. at all. She was told it was in her head.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. So then wow. they found
1: all of this really, really devastating mold in the school. Mm-hmm. So if a lot of kids are getting sick in the school, you really need to look at where they're getting sick or what the common factor is. Is it the school? Is it your house? And so the other thing that I get commented on is you'll, let's say you have five people in a family. Let's say two of the five are really sick. Mm -hmm. Then, Oh, it can't be in our house. Only two of the five of us are sick. No, no, no. So what that, what basically that means is that some people are very sensitive. Mm -hmm. They walk into a grocery store and they're like, I have a headache. I, I'm spinning. It's we. They're very, very sensitive. Mm-hmm. Some people are like licking the wall with black holes,
0: <laughs> right? And they're fine. Yes. No problems.
1: <laughs> yep. That's genetics for you. Most mm-hmm. of us are in the middle. And so the research has shown us that They don't believe that it's the amount of mold you're exposed to, Mm -hmm. right? So that means, but okay, if I'm in a house for five years, you know, I'm not going to be any sicker. I found that to be untrue clinically in my, so the longer somebody stays in an area where there's mold kind of in the middle of that, they get sicker
0: Mm -hmm. over time. That makes perfect sense. Well, cause it's like, it, it's like an inflammatory pot. Like the temperature just gets hotter and hotter and hotter. And that happens in your body and the inflammation gets bigger and bigger and bigger and causes more and more problems because we're not putting out those fires. So that's fascinating. Do you feel like more people should be getting tested for mold exposure sooner in their healing journeys? Or is it, Hey, we've tried everything. Nothing's working. Let's test you for mold.
1: I do it sooner than later. But I get, I get the cases that have, so I, I get a lot of the cases where I've they've seen other
0: mm-hmm.
1: providers. So by the time they get to me, I'm like, I'm like doc number seven. Yeah. So I think it's highly likely. I mean, is every case mold? No. I mm-hmm. mean, and especially, you know, Utah, Colorado, yeah. it's not as likely, but I've, I've heard folks say that are, um, that are pretty well-respected docs say. Colorado doesn't have mold. It's so untrue. It's just so untrue. And yes, the climate isn't as associated with that,
0: but the mold that grows here, Mm -hmm. it's nasty. Yeah. Yeah, it's really resilient and nasty. You know, and this is tricky too, because a lot of people don't think when they go buy a new house, you don't know the history of that house. You don't know the health of that house. Hire a mold company to inspect it, like a really good mold company. I always recommend Test My Home He's based out in Idaho, but he travels to other states around here. It's worth every single penny to overtest than undertest because you will potentially be paying for it years down the line. I wish I had done that when I bought my house, but it's so important that we we know what is happening in our homes and the health of our homes. And a lot of times, we never even think of that; it never crosses our mind, right? because it's like this invisible illness. And, and like you said, a lot of people are told it's all in their head, you know? So when they're sick for so long, they kind of give up and they're like, well, maybe it is in my head. No, there's more, there's more to know. There's more to this. Seek out doctors like Dr. Ann and let them help you figure this out because it can be done. Is there anything else you want to mention about mold before I move on? Yeah, just a couple things. Um, number
1: one, it is not included in your inspection, in your house inspection. No, it's not. It is so commonly mm-hmm. thought, hey, no, I got my house inspected. It's fine. It's an optional additional mm-hmm. test. Yes. And generally, it is not included. I think that's the number one big thing. The other thing that I've seen like be really popular lately is like, oh, I just need to fix my methylation pathways. Mm. You know, um, and honestly, things like mold, things like heavy metals, things, you know, gut infection, all of that, it makes your methylation pathways funky. Mm -hmm. So you really need to address the toxicity issues first. Mm -hmm. And so um, I think that those are the two things that I I see. You really want to just hit the toxicity first and then go down the kinetic chain.
0: Shoot, we could do a whole podcast on toxicity. Maybe we should because like there is toxic stuff everywhere it it blows my mind I and, and it's really hard for me honestly I have to like dial it down because when I go into like a new place and I smell fragrances and I and I smell certain gases and I'm like oh my gosh those are chemicals, those are toxins. So like we're constantly, constantly bombarded by these synthetic toxic substances that are passed off as fine and healthy for you. And really they're not. And if the state, the health of our country, it's such, it's such evidence of that, right? Like we're not healthy and we're not getting healthier anytime soon. So it really is up to us to super sleuth our environments and our health and take our power back because unfortunately the government is not gonna do that for you. I uh, I, actually, I actually, I posted on my Instagram stories the other day, it was a funny little video of like how the FDA regulates new drugs and foods and it's this guy who is like not even looking at people and he's not even touching their bodies. You know, like, like the TSA people, how they like touch your body to look for weird things. This guy's like looking out somewhere and he's barely touching. Touching the bodies and it's like, okay, you're fine. And it's like, yep, that's what the FDA does. They barely look at it and they're like, yeah, it's fine. Let's go. Until third-party testers come out and say, no, actually this product is tainted. Please do something about it. And then you have irate people screaming on the internet, do something about this. And then the government is like, oh shoot, we missed something. Let's go back and see what happened. You know, so we really do need a super sleuth, our environments and our foods. Um, Did you
1: ever see that? Did you ever see that documentary, um, The Bleeding Edge on Netflix? No. Is it still on? I think so. It was it was just like, oh my goodness. Like, I think that that really drives home the point that you're making mm-hmm. and you have to be an advocate for yourself. Do. The bleeding edge.
0: What is it about?
1: It talks about um, like items that get passed through the FDA. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's cobalt hips, um, if I remember correctly, mesh on, for example, like bladder slings oh my um, and they talk about how it's a like item. Mm-hmm. And so and the, you they basically interview these folks that have had problems and, um, and like the, basically the litigation and how this actually got passed through the FDA. Insane. It's Ins- really interesting.
0: Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm going to watch that this weekend <laughs> for fun. Um, <laughs> for fun, right? For, yeah. For fun. Have some light watching. Um, will it make me angry? <laughs> because maybe. It's, it's going it, to, I think it's going to validate your position.
1: <laughs> and, you know, I think. I recommend folks watch it, especially after they've had a surgery and they've had yeah. a lot of problems yeah. with specific metals they put in their body. Yeah. Um, and I think one of my patients told me recently, you know, because she got a bladder sling, mm-hmm. and um, she was like, I, and, you know, she was like, the surgeon told me that there was no issues with this particular sling Mm -hmm. and I did a quick Google and um, the first thing was the litigations against this sling and so I mean it makes me really sad to see that and she was like well I should have been able to trust her and I was like you have to advocate Mm -hmm. for yourself you have to read ingredients you have to look up what they're talking about putting in your body Mm -hmm. like has to be you
0: it has to be you you guys everyone listening do not just assume your doctor knows everything don't assume it like, you need to advocate for your body and for the bodies of those that you love your children, your spouses, your family. Dr. Ann, could we talk about certain foods? Because we spoke about like gut stress management, uh, mold, toxicity, and exposure. Like how should we be eating? I think maybe this is like a no brainer, like healthy fruits and vegetables and proteins, right? We know to not eat sugar because it just creates this dependence and this depletion over time, which means we need more sugar. But what kind of lifestyle changes can people make to help support dopamine and serotonin production in their body?
1: Yeah, I have a list of foods that actually increase both. It's so amazing. let me just read them off. So um, for dopamine, avocados, bananas, apples, oranges, peas, plantains, spinach, mm. tomatoes, chicken, fish, turkey, almonds, pumpkin seeds, and sesame seeds. Yeah. So pretty. Natural, like, uh, you know, foods then mm-hmm. should be fine for most people, unless you have a really inflammatory gut, you might want to stay away from nuts and seeds. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a couple things that actually increase serotonin, bananas, green coffee bean, onions, hazelnut, kiwi, lettuce, paprika, passion fruit, pepper, pineapple, plantains, pomegranates, potatoes, spinach, tomatoes, wild rice. Um, salmons, egg, salmon, eggs, nuts, and seeds. So, so pretty clean, close to the earth foods. Um, I think my, my rules with eating, um, I'm not a big dairy eater. It just does not do well for me. I find in, in my, my patient population, some people can tolerate it better than others. Mm -hmm. Um, I personally don't have a problem with meat products, Mm -hmm. but I just don't think they're good. So I don't really eat a lot of grains. I try to really limit my grains Mm -hmm. and keep it more about protein, fruits, vegetables, nuts, and seeds, healthy fats, like avocado oil, olive oil. I think the other thing that I really see is that I see a lot of folks that have a really busy lifestyle and they eat literally from you know, they wake up in mm-hmm. the morning and they eat at like six AM mm-hmm. and they finish their last meal at ten PM. Yeah. And to me, you you need like what we talked about with the, the fasting with serotonin. We mm-hmm. need to cut that into a window and allow our body to detoxify. All the junk that we were exposed to because right. our bodies are amazing. Mm-hmm. So we want to be able to allow it to do that.
0: Right. Well, and there's also that rest and digest period. If you are constantly working an organ when it needs to rest and clear out, like the gut, then it's going to get overstrained over time. And unfortunately, you know, you mentioned dairy and wheat. These are foods that have been so changed from their norm. Like we pump cows with hormone and then get the milk out of them and then we overheat it. So now the proteins are all destroyed and we've destroyed all the bacteria. So it's not really the food it was intended for. It's, it's a completely different product, right? So no wonder people are reacting to dairy. Same thing with wheat. We drench it in glyphosate and then we put it in storage houses where it can actually collect mold and then we turn it into food. We put it into packages, right? Like, so now we're having glyphosate exposure. We're having mold exposure and it's tearing up our guts. So I love that you're like, let's stick with the fruits, the veggies, the proteins, the healthy fats, because those just grow from a tree and then go to, well, try and get organic when possible because we don't want those herbicides and those pesticides on those foods because that can really cause gut dysbiosis and destroy your gut bacteria, which we know is so crucial. We need to have a healthy gut microbiome to help us with these neurotransmitter, uh, I, I heard somewhere. Well, actually, I read it in a book that the gut produces 200 times more serotonin than the brain.
1: It goes back and forth. Like mm-hmm. there was a study that said all. The most recent study said that there was more from the brain. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think before the study came out, Mm -hmm. that was always the common line. So I'm sure that the studies are going to correct themselves and they're going to go back to it's all in the gut, vice versa, but it's, we definitely know it's stored there.
0: Yeah. So Either way, we need a healthy gut. We need it to be intact so that our brain can function off of all the happy motivational hormones that we need to thrive in our lives. So um, anything else that you want to add to this topic before we end? Let's see. I I think we covered most of everything. We do supplements
1: for dopamine and for serotonin. So if you're interested in that, we can put that in the links below. The bottom line is, is that you don't want to do that long-term, right? The bottom line is you need to correct the problem Mm -hmm. and you want to figure out what's actually causing it. So do not do that long-term if that's something you need help with. And some of the other recommendations don't really help you to get where you're going, but I just want to make sure that that's not, it it should not be a band aid
0: on this. And work with a professional. If you are thinking of supplementing with these things that you're talking about, right? Someone that can help guide your healing process. Um, Dr. Ann, are you, how can people contact you? How do they find you? Are you taking on new patients? Where can people get more of you?
1: Sure. Um, you can find us um, at on alt alt fam fam med med short for alternative family medicine, um, and you can reach out to us there. Um, I have an Instagram page. I really don't like social media. Guys. I really don't like it, um, but you can find me at dr. Anne Marie Barter. Um, and we'll put that below. I was going to spell it out. <laughs> Don't let me do
0: that. We'll just put it below. <laughs> and I'll tag you in yeah, my we'll stories too. Down there. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so okay. and
1: if you want to, we have a podcast as well.
0: Oh, you do? What is it? It's
1: called Fearless Health Podcast. Oh, my- it's called Fearless Health Podcast.
0: And, and do you yeah. co host it with a partner or? With a, a No, it's all it's me. All, it's all you. Oh my gosh. I I've never heard of your podcast. How have I not heard of your podcast? Know, That's insane.
1: Not not many
0: people have. Oh okay. so well now they will. Now they will hear it. So <laughs> so we're gonna put all these links in the bottom. Go find Dr. Anne. And are you taking on new patients?
1: We are, and we do work virtually. Perfect. So we can.
0: Amazing. Awesome. So you guys those are the ways that you can get more of Dr. Anne's magic. Thank you so much for coming on. I really want to get you back on to talk about women's hormones because like that's so important. Uh, you guys, thank you for tuning in. Uh, Dr. Ann. thank you so much for your time. Like this was so eye-opening and a lot of times we forget the brain. We forget the, the, the neurotransmitters, the, the brain hormones that um, are so important. So thank you for bringing that to our attention today. Until next time, everyone, see you next or hear you next week, I guess. (laughs) So thanks, Anne. Bye.